Welcome back to another episode of the EFL Freezer Crowd podcast. As always, I'm joined by Andy. Hello, James. Good to be here again. And Luke. All right, lads. How are we? Yeah, not too bad. In a week where Brentford make it 20 unbeaten, Tranmere make it five wins in a row, and Peterborough and Newport go head to head in who's got the worst pitch in the EFL. Welcome back to the show. Passes to centre, back to wing, back to centre, centre holds it, holds it, holds it! Well, I'm sure Andy's going to have quite a bit to talk about this week, so I um, suppose I'll get the Coventry bit out of the way nice and early, nip that one in the bud, and uh, a nil-nil on Sky, just to really get the viewers up for the weekend of football. <laughs> viewers there, plural as well. <laughs> the three of us. Yeah, did you watch it, Luke? <laughs> I watched the first half, that was yeah. enough. 10 minutes. <laughs> that was just a build-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pre-match interview was squeaky. I thought, it can't get better than this. Run it off. <laughs> I saw in the first half, Callum O'Hare was really good. Whenever he got the ball, he would just drive at that back four. That Watford back four looks championship and the rest of the team looks Premier League. And if he wasn't driving forward, he was winning the ball back himself and making chances. And I think if you were a bit more clinical, then... You know, that's three points against one of the top teams. But Ostergaard had, had Deeney yeah, in his pocket. But we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. you're not. Uh, Ostergaard had Deeney in his back pocket. I'm quite glad that header didn't go in at the end. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be eating our words. But I, yeah. forgot, I thought it was a good performance. You know, you are a number nine away and, and a few injuries away from, from winning a lot of games. Seven clean sheets now in the last nine home games for Coventry. So if you are missing out on a striker, you know, it doesn't matter. You take you, the Millwall way, you take those nil-nils. It's all here. Fast kicking, low scoring and ties. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, no, pen- <laughs> no penalty <laughs> given away. <laughs> no yeah, penalty exactly. given away in seven positives. of the last nine home games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, that is progress. <laughs> <laughs> We discussed with Gab Sutton a couple of weeks back about um, the signing of Matty James on loan um, and how it might free up O'Hare to, to actually impact the game a little bit more. Um, and, it, and it has, like you say, it's not just the off-the-ball work now. He's actually been able to pick up the ball and drive into spaces. Um, and, and to be honest, James has been awesome for us, controlling games. Rolls-Royce. Mm. Could, uh, I, I've heard Luke say that about this podcast as well. James has been awesome for us. But um <laughs> yeah, <there> was, <laughs> yeah, you got Andy, you know, sitting deep so that James can do the, the work further up the pitch. And um, Akioko. <laughs> yeah, and we're missing just a, <laughs> if only we had a third player, we'd be scoring goals. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like um Saying that O'Hare is best attributes are off the ball. <laughs> there, there was one chance for Coventry that I wanted to bring up. Dominic Hyam, he's headed one over the bar. I mean, it looked like it was easier to score. Yeah, Thoughts? I was quite impressed he managed to Is that a question? No. You were, you were surprised yeah. he managed to get his head on it. No, I was surprised at how, how high above the bar he managed to get it. <laughs> As you say, he sort of stooped down to win it and managed to head it upwards, which was quite impressive. He then had a chance to make amends for it later on in the game. 
um, with another unreal delivery from Gus Hamer again. Uh, he's got his head on it. At this time, decided to cushion it back to the goalkeeper. So um, clearly deciding <laughs> this week he didn't fancy a goal higher there. I think that's it, isn't it? We need to start turning some of those into wins. Um, but I, I'm slightly more concerned about what's coming up, if I'm being honest with you. Um, really tough game at Cardiff, followed by um, a nice run of Norwich, Brentford and Swansea. So um, <laughs> if you're expecting me to... If you're expecting me to turn up with the same joy in my uh, voice in upcoming episodes, don't bother tuning in. Talking of teams that needed to turn some uh, draws into wins, who would have won 4-1? We haven't just turned it into a win, we've turned it into, you know, a thrashing of poor Sheffield Wednesday. A massacre. Oh, yeah. You'd be surprised, we actually scored four goals in a game not too long ago as well, last game of last season. Home to Hudders, home to uh, managerless Huddersfield at the time. Goals scored by. It's a theme, uh, isn't there? Uh, goals scored <laughs> by uh, Yuri Skalak and John Daddy Bodvarsson that day. Got two of them. And anyway, moving on to the game properly. Uh, only our second home win of the season. Went one nil down from a stupid bit of defending. Really, not sure what was going on that right hand side. Romeo was back in the team instead of. Uh, Danny McNamara, who hasn't hasn't really done anything wrong. You could say he was partly at fault for that first one. And, you know, we've needed a penalty to get back into it. That's that's happened quite a few times this season. <laughs> but Jed Wallace not on the pitch. Who's going to score it? Big Ken. Never in doubt, Big Ken scores. And, you know, the, the thing was, you know, we scored four v Huddersfield last season. Jed Wallace wasn't in the team. Wasn't in the team today either. You know, is there a theme emerging there? We'll have to wait and see. But, uh, we've um, you've uh, given Jed a bit of stick over recent weeks and maybe it has just been justified by that yeah I didn't like to say but uh, I've just said but you did <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably say it again yeah so we've equalised to make it one all and it's really a game that we needed to win just to sort of push us away from those relegation type clubs down there mentioning no names and what did we need to happen? Scott Malone's turned, well, he's, he's turned into prime, well, whoever, Ashley Cole, Marcelo, <laughs> Berto Carlos, Chris Stokes. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, done it on the left hand guy. side. And, uh, he's, he's done that. He's done that before, actually. He scored a good goal a couple of years ago against Leeds. Plays a one-two, flicks it in the box, smashes home. Goal of the week contender, maybe. Maybe if Ben Thompson hadn't then scored goal of the season. As a little look up, sees the goalie in a bad position, fakes a cross, smashes it in. Well, Thoughts? well does he mean it? Like, if he means it, it's brilliant. But I used to score those goals on FIFA 08 and I never meant it. Another good comparison there, Luke. <laughs> well, I think this celebration sort of suggests that he didn't mean it. Because if you've meant that, you run off celebrating. And he sort of held his hands up. But Dickie Davis on Sky has said he's meant it straight away. So, you know, who knows more? Well, who knows more, the person who did it or the person who commentated? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dickie Davis or Luke Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> and then, we, you know, we've made it 4-1. Uh, Romeo, good bit of play on the right. As an effort, Bradshaw just deflects it in on purpose. Again, second time he's done that this season. Going down as a Bradshaw <laughs> goal, he needed that. 
odd celebration from Romeo as well. You know, he hasn't seemed very happy in recent weeks. He's been dropped. Uh, McNamara's taken his place. And he just sort of turned around, didn't celebrate with anyone, sort of pushed people away, didn't seem happy. But uh, anyway, we take the 4-1, move on. with big, uh, tough month for Coventry coming up. And you'd say, looking at Millwall's fixtures, it's a real chance to push up that table now. You know, we laughed at playoffs in the past. Let's just see where we are in four games' time. Yeah, I think you showed... That is some serious optimism. (laughs) I think Andy showed us the three games that Millwall have got coming up. And he's like, yeah, seven points, seven points. And then about an hour after the game finished, he goes, I've just remembered we're the most average team in the league and we'll be lucky to get five. Luke, you've, you've, you've given it away. You've, given, you've made a peek behind the curtain there. <laughs> <laughs> people, people know the real me. <laughs> well, I'm just being optimistic, you know, now. Yeah, I, I sort of think like if people did see the real you a little more often, you know, maybe they followed your uh, Twitter, for example. I seem to remember you making a slightly less optimistic comment yesterday when you went 1-0, but we'll we'll gloss over that. 4-1 and what a result. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, turn draws into wins. It's all you need to do. It's a simple, simple game, really. Rowett said after the game that we haven't been clinical in our previous draws and we need we deserve to win them. But I mean, a bit of a cop-out that when, you know, we probably haven't deserved to win them. Easy thing to say. But yeah, big month coming up for the club. I was stood on the touchline, 33 minutes gone at Cardiff and thinking, we're doing well here. Look at I'm playing well and I'm enjoying it. And eight minutes later, I'm 3-0 down. <laughs> and they've just scored a third goal and I'm going to myself, what a goal that is. <laughs> well, obviously that's come from... Uh... A previous season from Warnock there, but I think he might have found himself feeling very similar against Brentford on Saturday. And uh, what a role Brentford are on. Yeah, Warnock described the game beforehand as, and I quote, a free hit for his Middlesbrough team, uh, suggesting that, you know, there's very little chance they're going to get anything from that game, which I think was a little bit strange, but uh, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> A great mindset to get your team into. Yeah, don't don't matter if we lose this one. Yeah. I, I know Brentford are on a you know ridiculous run at the moment, but that's not how you get your players up for a game, surely. No, I mean they're not that well, good. I, I, well, they are. <laughs> um, well, I suppose we don't know what we don't know what he's been saying in recent weeks. If he's been saying every week, right, like this is a must win, and then they've not won any of them. Uh, maybe he's decided this week take the pressure off the lads. Say to them, yeah, free hit, play your game. You never know. Might, might might have worked. Didn't, but might have done. No, I mean, it's going to take something special for anyone to uh, to beat uh, Brentford at the moment. They're absolutely flying, aren't they? Tony finishing off everything. And I mean, just some of the football they're playing, just breaking away against Middlesbrough time after time there. It was pretty similar to the, to the Wickham game in that regard, where you just thought they could score six, seven again. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And they do just look lethal and Tony helping himself to more goals again, as you say. But they, for me, I know we've said um, about the qualities of a team like Swansea, but um, if, if Brentford carry on in this form, then realistically, I really can't see them being stopped. And I do think that there is a top two place for them as well, to be honest. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long this form can be kept up for, but they do look unstoppable. Yeah, 22 goals this season already for Tony. And 
and he's got 19 games left. Like he's surely going to get over that 30 goal mark. And, and the last time that was done was was by a, a player who made a, a bit of a comeback this week in Glenn Murray. Did it when when he was back at Palace, and and uh, surely he's got to get over 30. And if Brentford don't go up, I think he's definitely going to be snapped up by a Premier League club because the rise he's just taken in his stride. He's always in the right position and he's he's getting the goals that, that he deserves. He's just a world, he's just a class player at this level. Almost said world class. I forgot the Premier League existed. World class, is he? Andy, I know there was uh, one goal in that game that really caught your eye. Talking of flowing football and... Yeah, I mean, some of the football Brentford are playing has been superb, hasn't it? But you're not helping yourself if you're Middlesbrough. You're a bit of shooting yourself in the foot where balls played to Paddy McNair on the halfway line. He's just he's somehow fallen over nothing. And I mean, <laughs> he's, I don't know how he's gone down there. But um, Jensen's taken it off him. He's run through. He's had to run the whole half of the pitch, but there's no one anywhere near him. But there's just one thing about it. He keeps looking behind him as if, there, if there's, as if there's someone right on his tail. And it's just the calmest thing in the world. Uh, and then he just slots it past the keeper. Yeah. So, and maybe I'll give that another mention at goal of the week. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just that calmness personified that they've got at the moment, isn't it? It's just, yeah, they don't look like they're going to miss chances. They look like they're going to create enough chances to get 30 each at this rate. So, um, yeah, great, great team. And, and, will be interesting. It keeps it interesting at the top as well, doesn't it? So after the big game on Friday night. Yeah, just on that, I mean, I know we've mentioned in the previous weeks a while ago now that the top three, everyone seems to think, oh, the relegated teams, they're the top three teams in the league. Two of them are going to go off automatically. But now, I mean, your money would be on Swansea and Brentford. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes for the rest of the season. But yeah, really exciting at the top. Yep, staying in the championship, I mean, there was a, the absolute perfect start to a game for a show like this was at uh, Preston v Rotherham. Rafferty, own goal, header, 17 seconds in. Not even <laughs> sort of a diving header as well. Rotherham just came out absolutely flying. <laughs> 17 <laughs> seconds in, ball in the box, and he's headed it past his own keeper. Um, and Rotherham are actually playing some good football at the moment. It's surprising, really, considering the football they've played in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, not looking good for Preston. I know um, they've obviously signed quite a few players in the window. It's going to take a while for them to gel, I think. Yeah, I think you, you can see that, can't you? You can see that, obviously, they've obviously, as well as adding to the team, um, lost one or two as well. Um, mainly uh, centre-back going to Liverpool being quite big for them. But... Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. Give them some time to gel, but I do still sort of my concerns for them would be: have they got enough in the front sort of to actually kick on now? They've they've made some great signings, but I don't know. Have they got the player there who's going to convert regularly for them to actually kick on? But yeah, I, on the Rotherham point, definitely surprised me the football they're playing. They've again they've a team who've brought in a couple of players who look like they're going to try and change up their style a little bit. Um, didn't really want to mention this, but Ryan Giles obviously going there. Uh, had an immediate impact for him. Um, he's already scored two goals from left wing back, which is uh, pretty impressive. And going off what their fans have been saying, he's he's been good. And I think that's just given given them another outlet. So yeah, unfortunately, perhaps as a Coventry fan, Rotherham look like they're on a bit of a roll at the minute. <laughs> and you say that Preston don't have that striker who's going to score goals. Ched Evans, that's his first <laughs> goal 
first goal in the second tier of English football for, for a decade. Good to have him back. Again, still not convinced he's going to go on to score loads of goals for him, but I'll happily be proven wrong. Happily? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and I think Luke mentioned um, Glenn Murray earlier, scoring 30 goals in a season. I mean, we, everyone knows he's going to score goals at, in, at this level, don't they? And I mean, there's got to be a lot of clubs kicking themselves that they didn't come in for him sooner. But he's gone to Forest. Two goals straight away and uh, one very nice goal to start it off. Yeah, Glenn Murray's got that sort of, that first goal is a nice little lob. He's got that in in his locker. And the, and the other one, he he wins the penalty and, and then converts it. It must be a wage thing that some of the other clubs nearer the bottom can't afford to to, to bring him in. That, that Forrest can, because Forrest are one of the better off teams down there that can't say that they're struggling as much with money like your Wickham's and your your Rotherham's and Luton's, but it must Robinson. be a wage thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is that Mark Robbins we've got on the podcast? <laughs> Not squeaky <You> enough. <laughs> yeah, totally agreed though. I mean, it'll be good if he uh, cracks on and scores a few more this season. But unfortunately, uh, is that it all over for Wickham now, would you say? Gone. I saw one Wickham fan on Twitter that the one week we thought we could be okay and they got seven points in a week. And and apart from that, he said, you know, that's, I think that's it. They didn't expect much at this level. It was just nice to get up there. And there was a brief spell that they thought they might be okay, but it's just too much of an ask, I think, for that squad and for for Gareth Ainsworth. Maybe uh, Ainsworth should focus more on his uh, management (laughs) rather than his uh, singing career. (laughs) They called him the Wanderer. You're wandering back down to League One. <laughs> easy, too easy. Yeah, and in um, other news in the Championship, we saw uh, Tyndall sacked by Bournemouth after, I suppose, as you were saying, most people would have expected them to be up there this season um, and perhaps looking like he's not going to achieve that goal this season. And uh, they've decided to to let him go. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was one of those ones that you think it was always going to happen, wasn't it? That if you, as soon as they drop a little bit down, they're going to go, well, yeah, well, let's get someone in who can get us promoted. It's the same old thing. But the, the more interesting thing is who's going to come in, I think. And um, is John Terry now just going to be the permanent favourite for every single championship job that comes up? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. So we could have you know, um, JT replacing JT. Oh, dear. <laughs> there's, a, um, there's something that feels a little bit suspect about this to me. They bring in Woodgate as the coach and then like literally a day after they've posted the picture of uh, Tyndall and Woodgate doing their sort of like fist bump to welcome him to the club, Tyndall is then sacked and then there's a tweet that follows that just says uh, something like Woodgate is now going to be taking control of the first team. It feels a bit sly that to me. Yeah, but then I haven't really seen anything that suggests that he's definitely going to take the job, Woodgate. it just seems weird. But I mean, he's had some unsuccessful spells at this level with other clubs. So I'd be very surprised if they um, if they give him the the job full time. Yeah, I, I would I would be surprised as well. It seemed a weird move anyway. But um, yeah, the only other thing I would say is, and it's something that always baffles me with this sort of um, sacking and the timing of it more than anything, is you've just had a January transfer window. He's kind of overseen any business that they did or didn't decide to do. Like you would assume. And then you sack him after the deadline. It's like, I don't know, if you're going to bring a new a new manager in, you'd quite, I'd quite like them to have a window in charge. It would have been the perfect opportunity for them to 
to go through a transfer window as a new manager and perhaps bring in the players that they would have wanted. I don't know. It just feels a bit odd that to me when when, when the, kind of that's the timing of the sacking. And who's gonna you know what's the job for the person who comes in? You know, if it was if they don't get promoted, they're sacked as well. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those ones where what do these clubs want? But um, I always have a look at the favourites for the job, and you know it's a good top four here. You got JT. Terry, not Tindall, favourite. Lampard, second favourite. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Third favourite. Big Tony Pulis. <laughs> Get him down there. <laughs> Change the philosophy of the club. Come on. <laughs> this time. But yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. Hopefully we have an uh, update with uh, Tony Pulis <laughs> in, the, in the hot seat next week. Yeah, I have a feeling that otherwise uh, Bournemouth could become one of those clubs where we're seeing an awful lot of their corner flag being tweeted on uh, <laughs> on Twitter this season. <laughs> statement. <laughs> so, um, moving down into League One, and we had an absolute feast for the eyes on Friday night with uh, the big one, big big game. Which I'm sure most people tuned into. Most EFL fans were tuning in for uh, the big game on Friday night. It was, of course, Lincoln versus Gillingham. <laughs> another, another chance to uh, for everyone to get a look at the man that is Steve Evans. Now you say feast for the eyes, James, and it was for Lincoln fans. I mean, they're on fire at the moment, playing some absolutely lovely football. It was eighteen-year-old uh, Morgan Rogers that caught my eye, though, on loan from Man City, and he's only eighteen. Looks really young. Looks fifteen. <laughs> he's sort of <laughs> three years younger. Um, yeah, he's got incredible uh, feet at that level and just sort of glides past players. I think he set up two of the goals as well. And he, he looks a real threat. And I think Lincoln, they sort of um, got the goals this week that they deserved to get against Doncaster last week uh, after they missed those two penalties. So Yeah, absolutely flying at the moment. I mean, the obvious names are standing out at the moment. You've got George Grant, seems like he's uh, more than capable at this level. You've got Brennan Johnson, who's having a hell of a season as well. But yeah, I think it's all just clicking into place for them. Um, And a coach who seems to have a philosophy um, and he's he's sticking with it and it's really working for them. And yeah, they're great to watch at the moment and uh, took Gillingham apart at times on Friday night, actually. But in good news for Gillingham and for Steve Evans, I mean, they may have lost again, but... Evans is going for the record of the most cards. He's now got more yellow cards than any of his players have. <laughs> so that's really shocking. And um, if we go back to our friend Nigel Pearson, he described him as an interesting character. <laughs> and that's, that's Nigel saying that. So yeah. I think like it becomes a problem, doesn't it, when everyone's looking out for your manager more than what's going on on the pitch. Uh, in other news in League One, got Ipswich look like they may be turning a corner. It will speak too soon. But not only another win, but another good performance. Um, so it only leaves me to say, you know, is it the Troy Parrott effect? No. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving <laughs> on. There's a big game at the bottom of the table as well. Uh, Wimbledon winning at Wigan 3-2. Massive for them. Not looking good for Wigan though. Uh, Wimbledon relying on Joe Piggott again. That's uh, He's been involved in 17 of their last 29 goals. So let's hope for their sake that he can stick around for a bit longer. Something that uh, recently we've looked at and laughed at 
is the um, state of the football pitches across the EFL this season and whether that be due to kind of the amount of games being played and short turnarounds or whether it's been the weather conditions or in Peterborough's case, a uh, burst water pipe. The, the the pitch down there is in an absolute mess, isn't it? And uh, it didn't stop them playing though. But um, yeah, horrific state that pitch is in and they need to do something about that pretty quickly. Yeah, you're right. It didn't stop them playing at all, did it? I mean... That front three looks absolutely lethal at the moment. Clark Harris finishing absolutely everything. Smod, Smod Always Sitch, said that. However we say his name, took his goal really well. Always said that as well. First time I've said his name out loud. And if um, Peter has obviously got a good front line at the moment, but most prolific goal scorer in the league at the moment, Luke Jeffcott, another two for him for Plymouth, but unfortunately not enough to win the game. Kenny Jackett's Pompey have come back. Two goals in the last four minutes to make it to all. Much needed point for them. Yeah, a really big point for them, especially in the race uh, for promotion this season. It's really starting to heat up in that division now, and particularly when you've got teams like Hull dropping points to a uh, newly revived Burton Albion. Jimmy Floyd looks like he is turning it around, especially uh, defensively. But if they can uh, grab last-minute goals like they did on the weekend, who knows? The great escape could be on for them. Down into League Two, and what better place to start than with Tranmere on an absolute roll at the moment, and uh, that makes it five wins on the bounce for them now. Yeah, also including a win against Peterborough in the uh, Papa John's Trophy as well. And it, it's James Vaughan's absolutely flying, isn't he? He's still only thirty-two, yeah. still only thirty-two, but seems to have been around forever. That's six goals in his last five, and his uh, his first one was was a level above uh, League Two, where he took it around the corner and finished. But all looking looking up for them. Yeah, about time they hit some form, actually. And uh, hopefully their fans are starting to get a little bit excited about where the season could go for them now. But yeah, when you've got someone like Vaughan, who's just got that experience and also that class that you showed with that goal you were just talking about there, um, realistically, anything can kind of happen for them now if they can kick on. It's, it's a tight old division and um, a real chance for them to start their push. Yeah, Jay Spearing's assist for the first goal is lovely. It's a really like really good long ball that just cuts the defence open. And Jay Spearing's an odd one because he looks like the best player on the pitch once every five or six games. And they have taken advantage of the fact that, yes, Tranmere are looking up, but Port Vale are sinking like a stone. They're into the bottom half of the table. They've played more games than anyone else and, and they're only heading in one direction. I think they'll be safe. I think they're too far away from any danger, but it's after the start to the season they had, it's got to be quite depressing the way they've been playing in recent yeah, weeks. Yeah, we did give them quite a lot of praise a couple of weeks ago on the show as well. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I do think they will be massively concerned and disappointed ahead of this season. I had them as being one of the teams that could have a chance to get up there, especially with a little injection of... Uh, of money with the takeover at the back end of last season. But um, yeah, weird, just not worked out for them, has it? And uh, maybe back to the drawing board um, ahead of next season now, unfortunately for them. And uh, talking of big wins, it was about time that Newport picked up a win. And uh, yet again, didn't need all the players on the field. That's now uh, five red cards in their last seven games for Newport. So perhaps they'd have more chance of picking up more points if they could just keep 11 on the field. Yeah, when you've got a player called Bennett in your team, though, he is going to be reckless and he's been sent off, Scott Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, Don't you know, know. They, have, uh, they have won, but it, unfortunately it was against a team that 
uh, one of us was uh, quite not very complimentary about last week, Grimsby. Uh, so they look like this season's uh, <laughs> whipping boys at the moment. But uh, another good win for Newport on a pitch that wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly doing their bit in the race for the worst pitch of the season, aren't they? They are Newport. But um, yeah, again, we talked about Vaughan being an experienced forward. Nicky Maynard doing the business for Newport after uh, signing in the window. So um be interesting to see if he can just kind of find his form again and maybe start putting a few few in the net for them. Yeah, and another team at the, who are top of the league, obviously. Uh, another great win for Cambridge, 2-0 at Barrow. And it's the two uh, two that were uh, really firing at the start of the season, Paul Mullin and Joe Ironside linking up again with a goal each. Cambridge they're starting to look um starting to look very good for promotion at the moment. Yeah, when you've got someone of Wes Houlihan's quality pulling the strings, you um you've always got a chance. And like you say, when you've got forwards firing like those two are. Um but like you said, I do think they've got a real chance now. If they could kick on from here, um great chance of promotion, especially in this season where no one's really taken advantage when they've been at the top. So really good chance for them. And uh nice to see um one of Coventry's youngsters out on loan there getting a game, actually, and uh, apparently doing quite well, Declan Drysdale. So, um, yeah, long may that continue. And perhaps the game of the week in League Two uh, at Exeter. Exeter 3, Bradford 2. Absolutely superb game. Well, judging by the highlights, mistakes galore. And probably my highlight of the week was the uh, Exeter's penalty scored by Matt Jay, where it's, it's one of the worst penalties you'll see that goes in. You know, I think it, he's hit it and it's bounced before it's gone in. <laughs> Incredibly. But yeah, that was a great they game. They all count as they say. Well, yeah, he, he did <laughs> run off celebrating as if it was the best penalty of all time. Which it was. Well, in a way, yeah. <laughs> and that's the first loss for um, Bradford's, uh, Bradford's caretaker managers, um, Truman and Sellers. So a little blip for them, but they look like they're heading in the right direction as well. Yeah, and another debutant. And on the score sheet there, there's been quite a few across the weekend, actually, but um, Charles Vernon scoring for for Bradford. And I think that could be quite a good signing for them, actually. So, yeah, like you say, going in the right direction and nice to see the uh, caretakers getting a chance at it. <laughs> and just to, um, you know, everyone's waiting for us to make our Will Smith jokes because he got sent off for Harrogate and we're not going to do them. But <laughs> we will join the bandwagon and laugh at Mark Wright. Luke? <laughs> yeah. What a start for Mark Wright. His first start, 3-0 down at half-time. His brother gives away a penalty and he's subbed off. Brilliant stuff. The only way is Harrogate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just no way that he's good enough to be starting, is there? I mean, I can't... They've done the documentary now. They've got their little bit of publicity. It's time to say <laughs> thanks for the memories, but it's time to go, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you've got some top pros down there. I'm thinking of Tony Craig, etc. Having to play amongst some guy who's never played before. I mean, I don't know. Let's see how it goes. But I'd be very surprised if he gets another start. We've had uh, quite a few laughs on this podcast over the weeks at some of the things that have been coming out of managers' mouths. And uh, <laughs> it was another week absolutely full of brilliant interviews. Um, well, I'll start, I think, by uh, actually going for an interview that wasn't a manager, having said that. And uh, Troy Deeney's covered himself in absolute glory by, uh, first of all, having a pop by the scoring. pitch in St Andrews. <laughs> not by scoring yeah, not an by open sc- play, Obviously surely. not by scoring. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not, no. He, um, 
he has a pop at the pitch and uh, for some reason decides to say he's trying to be PC about it. I didn't realise that slagging off a pitch was was not PC. But he, um, yeah, he says that basically people have got to start looking out for these pitches now because they're substandard. And then in the very same interview goes on to say, we look much better when we went long ball. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one or the other, Troy, really, isn't it? Are you trying to play yeah. football or are you going long? Yeah. But did he say, uh, at one point, did he say long ball to me? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that, yeah. He, um, Make it all about yourself, rounded Troy. Off, <laughs> rounded off the interview by saying, there's no shame in going long um, and we really need to start going longer to me and then play off my second <laughs> balls, which is just brilliant, isn't it? You know, There's confidence and then and then there's that. But I do think he needs to be careful because slagging off the pitches and stuff, he often plays himself as the kind of, sort of like, you know, lower league heroes come from the Sunday league pitch. And so then to be slagging off the, the pitches, oh, sorry, the pitch was a bit muddy for you, Troy. Did that uh, stop me from well, hitting it in the net this week? <laughs> There's no need for you to apologise, James, is there? Not your pitch. Not my pitch. <laughs> not, <laughs> not our pitch. Oh, we're getting a rent reduction. <laughs> yeah, I'm paying, I'm paying for this. <laughs> He, he shouldn't complain too much as long as the penalty spot's impeccable anyway. He doesn't need it to be. He does not need it to be. Yeah, although the interview was slightly muffled from inside Leo Ostergaard's pocket. Moving on. <laughs> Is this a new section called interviews? Because I'm liking it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of potential here, isn't there? This has got I, your name written all over it, this section. Yeah, because I've brought one along. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there were some funny ones. I mean, Paul Warren didn't really say much, but he looked very cold, had about 15 layers on. That's one to um, <laughs> that's one to keep abreast of. Uh, another one, <laughs> getting a call next week. But the one I wanted to bring along was just um, everyone's favourite, Daniel Farker. He's always entertaining in his interviews. And he did his usual. He didn't really say anything of no. He just said it very quickly. And um, he went, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, well, Swansea are just quite good at defending. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was his analysis of the game. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Swansea are good at defending. We couldn't beat them. <laughs> oh, it's, there's, there's something actually quite refreshing about that, isn't there? Rather than trying to find a kind of excuse or dig yourself out of it, you just turn around and go, actually, they're quite good. <laughs> I do like that. That, that is good. There was uh, one final managerial gaffe that I wanted to bring to this new feature. And it was uh, Bristol City manager, Dean Holden. Um, and to be fair to him, he hasn't made too much of the uh, injury crisis that people are calling it down at Bristol City. But they said, oh, they, they offered him the chance to kind of, offered him the chance to get out of the fact they've just been beaten by Cardiff in the seven side derby by saying, was it to do with the injuries? And he's replied by saying, no, no, I'm not going to make any excuses for the injuries that we've got. And then he was straight away asked about the fact that they're having to play Mariapa in the wrong position and having to do some rather makeshift things with their left-back position, to which he turned around and said, well, we have had four injuries in that position, so it's to be expected, <laughs> which was just brilliant. But absolute, just goes back on everything he's just said. That's the, uh, the old manager's bingo there, isn't it? I'm yeah, not going to say, I'm not going to blame it on this, but here I go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it was another thing he said. 
which I felt was a bit strange. You said they weren't disciplined enough, but um, sometimes in those games, you want your players to give it some, but I think, I suppose, when you lose 2-0 and uh, don't really lay a glove on your opposition, it's not great, is it? But weren't very disciplined, were they, Andy? Uh, talking about not laying a glove. Uh, Harry Wilson, I'm surprised he's going to have a few bruises today. I think he must have been kicked up in the air five, six, seven, eight, nine times. <laughs> Any one of them. <laughs> and, but, you know... They've obviously targeted him before the game, but he has sort of retaliated at one point with a funny little stamp that could have easily been a red. But, you know, he's had the last laugh because they've won 2-0 comfortably. I did predict in my high-risk, high-reward last week that we'd have seven cards, seven goals. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two goals fairly early on, I'm thinking chance. Just the five cards. (laughs) Five cards. Two goals. Disappointing. Talking about incorrect predictions, I thought that Millwall were going to go on a rampage after not scoring more than two goals in a game this season. I thought they'd score four at Norwich. They have scored four, just in the wrong game. But, you know, you don't get any any prizes for turning up at the right place at the wrong time. So Yeah, well, you deserve not to win that, Luke, for being so patronising towards <laughs> the club, you know. <laughs> I thought it was a disgrace, actually. Thought it was a disgrace. They've, they've clearly listened to the pod and uh, then they've pulled your pants down a week later. Luke's quiz. Edit that in. <laughs> right, for this week's quiz, it's it's going to be sad to see a player retire that's been part of the EFL for so long. But Danny Graham retiring after a a 17-year career is uh he's now the topic of our quiz. Thought I'd quiz <sighs> oh, thought I'd quiz you no. on him. He's played for 12 clubs. James to go first. Last, <laughs> oh, <laughs> last man standing. Uh h- how many lives do you think you'll need on this one? No lives. No lives. No lives. Right. James to go first. Clubs that Danny Graham has played for. Off you go. Uh Sunderland. Uh, Watford Blackburn Rovers <laughs> <laughs> He said no lives and now What's he's this? regretting it He played for Swansea Oh, he did He, did. he loves it up north oh, I don't know if this is right um, Did he play for Hull? Yeah, played for Hull on loan for a season Oh, one one I'm goal done. in one goal in eighteen games. I don't know how he's remembered that. We well, just like he's played for a few teams up there. I'm sure of it. I've got one more in that region actually. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> Flu. Or was that a trick? Very clever. Um, I'm gonna say Middlesbrough. Oh no! Oh, started his career there and went oh. back there on loan in 2014. Just to confirm, that was my uh, other team in that region. Should not have said that. (laughs) Yeah, there was no way I would have got it unless you'd said that. (laughs) Just to rub it in a little bit. To be fair, we've We've done seven, have we? Yeah, that's a lot. How many did he play for? Yeah, all the other ones are just loan spells as well. You've done really well, to be honest. Oh, thanks, Luke. (laughs) Take that solace. You're, um, yeah, and stick it. The... uh... (laughs) Go on, get it low. Now we're going to get low. I mean, I did get low. Must have played another northern team. Okay, I'm going to have to have a guess at this point. I'm going to have to have a guess. Oh, actually, 
Is there another reason Luke's put this in the quiz? Is there another reason? Is there another team up there? Oh no, I shouldn't have said that. It's not true, is it? <laughs> did he? Did he? Okay, I've got no other guesses, so I'm going to go with uh, Luke's Carlisle United. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Did he play for them? Yeah. Yeah, did That's well on it. loan. Did well on loan at Carlisle, scored seven and 11, uh, and then joined them, and it got him his move to Watford. I'm done. Can, can you can you uh, can you recap the ones we've said, Luke? Or? Yeah. yeah right. So we've got Middlesbrough, Carlisle, Watford, Swansea, Sunderland, Hull City, and Blackburn Rovers. Oh, that was my next. That was my next one. Blackburn. West <laughs> 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 uh, okay, I'm gonna say Preston North End. <laughs> It's the, oh, sort no, of, it's the sort of team he'd have played for. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, can I have a guess at any others? Yeah, now go he's for it. Preston. He's inspired me a little bit. My, um, <laughs> I've, I haven't got a clue. By the way, I haven't got a clue. The only other teams that are big and up there. Did he go to Leeds at any point? He did go to Leeds. He yeah. did go to Leeds. Yeah, he I don't played three. It at all. Yeah, he played three games, but. No, that's oh, well, you wouldn't remember that, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't enough. remember that. <laughs> um, it's enough to win, though. I wouldn't have been brave enough to guess Leeds in the actual thing either, because they just go too big. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have said it. I would have, would have probably guessed Bolton. Did he play for Swansea? Yeah, we you had that one. Oh. <laughs> what am I doing? You said it. <laughs> I need to write down what we've said. Did I say Swansea? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I lost my head on that round. And he said Midlands team. Did he play for any Midlands teams? Or? He, he he played for Wolves. Played for uh, Wolves. Five games, one goal. Loads of loan I never spells. said that. Yeah, the teams you could have had were Darlington, Derby County, <laughs> Blackpool and Wolves. Blackpool, I almost Blackpool. said. Blackpool. I don't really remember him playing that, but I almost said it. <laughs> That brings us on to this week's goal of the week. And Andy's alluded to a couple of them, actually, throughout the episode. So we've uh, got some choices to make. I think we'll start with last week's winner today. Uh, Luke, what have you brought? As much as I'd like to go for an own goal, because there were a few in the EFL this weekend, one won over my heart in that Millwall game that was just too good to leave out. And it was the Scott Malone goal for Millwall seconds. Matt Letizia-esque, uh, growing up on... YouTube compilations of, of Matt Letizia goals. It just reminded flicking over the head. And, and I reckon if, if he gets better connection on that final shot, that's, that could be a Puskas Award nominee. It is so I good. Mean, it's High gone praise. in. <laughs> <laughs> Has gone in, you know. <laughs> it was a goal. Yeah, I, I thought it was too good to leave out. And uh, yeah, what a way to get yourself back in the wins. It's funny that you've bought that goal actually this week because uh, I've bought the exact same goal for all of the uh, for all of the reasons that you listed above. It um, had shades of the Gaza versus Scotland for me. The little vo- flick over the head and then the volley. It's um, yeah, it's just a great goal, isn't it? To be honest. So I don't know if this is allowed, but I'm bringing the same same goal. But I'm going to vote for my my. <laughs> <version of that goal. laughs> 
over to Andy then, the actual Millwall fan. But isn't this nice? <laughs> and, um, come together, support the goal of the week. No messing around, no picking silly little goals, stupid little goals. We've actually gone for Home Alone. He's, uh, he's scored <laughs> absolute beauty. Yeah, Latisse, Gaza, whatever you want, Maradona, Pele. Um, <laughs> any of them, take your pick. Chris Stokes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll just go for it as well then. I guess um, Ben Thompson, if he's meant that, what a strike. But I think as we discussed earlier, unlikely he's meant it. So yeah, three votes for Malone. Who's Malone one three. are you voting for? Yours, <laughs> Luke's or mine now? <laughs> and share the award. We can have it, you know, alternate days this week. It's got to go home with someone though, hasn't it? It's like the man of the match. <laughs> Bring it back next week. <laughs> Well, that is nice, isn't it? That really is a nice way to round off goal of the week. All gone for the same goal. And what a goal. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Well, I'm not sure about the good part of that clip there, but hopefully we can turn that around this week. We've been making some predictions and I think it is that time of the week again. It is, of course, our high risk High reward section and uh, time to make the predictions. I think we'll start with Andy this week. What have you brought to the table? Uh, what have I brought to the table this week? Good question. As if it even matters. <laughs> well, I like to uh, put a manager's spin on my predictions, actually, as you know, as the listeners know. And there's two managers going up against each other next Saturday, three o'clock championship. Wayne Rooney is hosting Neil Warnock. Oh, God. Now, <laughs> you've got the young pup there against the wily old fox. I think Warlock, Neil Warlock's going to teach Wayne a trick or two and they're going to put four past Derby. As Derby side, they haven't been conceding goals lest we forget. So that's my prediction. Middlesbrough to score four at Derby <laughs> County. And that is something I think we'd all actually quite like to see. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope for that. On the uh, topic of teams scoring quite a few goals, I was going to go straight over to Luke, but actually my prediction sort of links to that one. A team that have been seriously struggling for form and uh, is Bristol Rovers. Midweek, they go up against a pretty decent Oxford side who like to get amongst the goals. And um, it's about time that Tisdale turn the fortunes around, I think, for Rovers. So I think they might actually win quite comfortably against Oxford. <laughs> I'm going for... for uh, Bristol Rovers 5, Oxford 1. Got an actual scoreline. Oh yeah, you heard that. A scoreline. Bristol Rovers 5, Oxford 1. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, at the Memorial, a massacre. (laughs) Well, James has gone for one team that are out of form. I'm going to go for two teams that are out of form. And... uh, but I'm going to go for a lack of uh, goals. I'm going to go for a lack of anything. On Tuesday night, we've got Sheffield Postpone. Wednesday hosting... <laughs> Post- <laughs> burst, burst pipe. Yeah, wasp. Wasp. <laughs> um. On Tuesday night, Sheffield Wednesday host rock bottom of the table Wickham. And I'm going to predict that there's not even going to be a shot on target. Like, no, normally one, one, one team anti-football. doesn't have a sh- anti-football. Mm. Well, if two teams sum up, you know, a lack of football this season, it's these two. And I think the quality is going to shine through. And by quality, I mean lack of. I don't think there's going to be a shot on target. And now watch it be 5-4. 
I can't wait. <laughs> there you go. There's three predictions that aren't going to come true for you. 5-4, but every goal is an own goal. And you still get no shots on target. <laughs> as long as there are no shots, I don't, don't mind. <laughs> so just to summarise, we've got <laughs> a game of... Uh, Two games of plenty of goals from teams that haven't been necessarily scoring. And uh, a game where we, where you've predicted zero shots on target. Well, I'll be keeping my eyes peeled across the uh, next couple of sets of games <laughs> then to see if any of those get anywhere near coming true. Um, and I think really all it leaves me to do, boys, is say uh, thanks very much and see you next week. See you next Monday. <sighs> see you next Monday. Peterborough's case, a wasp, but oh my god, a wasp burst. A wasp. A wasp has got onto the pitch. <laughs> no, no, not, not a wasp. <laughs> it made that much damage. It just went nuts. And just a hidden feature here for listeners at the end here. We've talked a lot about our favourite show, The EFL on Quest. Next week's guest, Darren Bent and Ian Holloway. So I know what I won't be watching on Saturday (laughs) night. See you next week.